Welcome to my podcast, Leaving Religion and Those We Leave Behind. I am your host, Amanda Joy Loveland. And as always, I am so honored and thrilled that you are here. Just a reminder to go follow me at amanda.joy.loveland on my Instagram page to get the latest and greatest as well as when new podcast episodes drop. And make sure and leave me a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow me there. Share with your friends, like, subscribe, all of those fun fun things that we get to do. And I just wanted to read a few of the reviews that I have gotten. This is from XCVGHON. The tone I needed as I transition. I've stepped into my faith transition more fully in just the last couple of months. There are several post-Mormon podcasts which have been helpful, but this podcast resonates the most. I so appreciate the lack of negativity towards the LDS church. I also appreciate the spirituality of each guest who has been interviewed. I want to find God again, and these guests are meaningful mentors to me. That was one of the beautiful reviews. Another one from Danny Bro 5 I am really enjoying this podcast. Hearing other stories about leaving religion makes me see how we are all more alike than we are different. Similar stories with different details. This podcast is a community of people turning away from being told what to do and turning inward to ask themselves. Thank you for the, the reviews that have been left. And again, if you can leave me a review, share, like, and get this more out there to really assist each other in faith transitions and finding God again. We really are here to support each other. And as always, head over to my website, amandajoyloveland.com, and make sure you are subscribed to my email list. I have some really beautiful freebies that I'm creating and some new things that are coming down the pipeline. So make sure you are on my email list to be the first to know. And without further ado, let's dive into my interview today with the beautiful and amazing Michelle Money. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So this rainy morning, although it's not raining right this minute, I am sitting I down with the beautiful Michelle Money. Oh, Hello. My dearest friend. Yes. I, it's How been way you. too long. I know. So dumb. I know. So dumb. It just happens, right? Yeah. Why though? We've known each other for a long ass time. A long ass time. A long time. <laughs> fishnet, fishnet tights out in the salt flats, baby. That's right, girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess I have to explain what that I was. I know, yeah. Now you have to explain that, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I owned Mod Bod, I hired Michelle as one of our models years ago. Yeah. Oh, goodness sakes, I was still married. I was married to my first husband yeah, back then. Yeah, you were. So 2010, nine? It 10? was right after The Bachelor. I feel like... Wasn't it? I can't remember if it was right before or right after. It was right around there. Maybe it was right... I don't know. I don't remember. It was right around that time. I so have. like... 2011 or something i think we may have yeah i don't know yeah we might have worked together before and then we worked together again after and then i don't know point being we've known each other for a long time yeah and i loved it i love it so i love that we've become friends you know what's so cool is it's been fun to like um have you kind of because you've always been like 27 steps ahead (laughs) 27 27 27. (laughs) there's 27 steps that you i don't know about that no like you've just always been um so much further down the road in your spiritual evolution that you've kind of been a mentor for me Mm. and you have been a mentor for me in so many ways and kind of like a safe haven, kind of like a, I mean, yeah, like when I was transitioning out of Mormonism and all this, all the things like you have always been such a safe place. Well, I'm glad that that's the case. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, you really have. So, but I don't know that I'm 27 steps ahead. I mean, we're all. That's the thing. It's like everybody's journeys is their is their journeys. It's like nobody's ahead of another. But I don't know. You know what though? I do think there's something like how do I explain this? Like, at least growing up Mormon for me, like for me to actually like, you kind of get stuck in the in the like when you finally have this transition. Like the transitioning part is like very can you can get stuck in it. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think like people actually live in that space for so many years of like mm-hmm. anger and resentment and blame and da, 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 da. And I think that you, among other people, have really helped me to like um, evolve through that space in a really healthy, kind mm-hmm. of like more fluid um, yeah. way that has just helped me to get 
farther in my own spiritual path. Well, because really that anger stuff, it does keep, it. you get oh, stuck. My you gosh. can't even really come to the healing no. that you're wanting or the, or the reason why you chose to leave. Like when you're, when you're sitting there in that anger yeah. and that resentment and that pointing fingers, it doesn't, there's no movement in no. that. It's like sitting in stagnant water. And I water. can, I remember that part of my journey like very clearly. Yeah. And so, yeah. Thank you for helping me push through that. You are so welcome. I'm <laughs> glad that I'm glad that I did, yeah. and I'm glad that you're sitting here and that you're so willing to share your story. And well, it's funny. Like I don't really. You think that the story kind of like ends, but it just continues. Like as uh, far right? as like leaving the church goes, because you think it's just like this. Oh yeah, I just left the church and I've just kind of moved on. But it's interesting as you start peeling back the layers and kind of like realizing realizing how much of your um like kind of the essence of who you are is built around this structure mm -hmm. especially when you're born and raised in it. yeah and so it's like there's still there's still stuff i'm trying to like mourn yeah and work through and reconcile mm -hmm. that it's just kind of a never-ending journey i've realized yeah i think hmm I think that in general, who was I talking to yesterday about this? I feel like I'm becoming more and more aware that at the core of us, what we're trying to do in this life is actually peeling back the layers. And whether mm -hmm. it's tied to religion or or trauma that you had when you were a kid or past life mm -hmm. stuff or lineage stuff, mm -hmm. like we're just constantly peeling back the layers because yeah. ultimately we do want to be embodied in our soul essence of who mm -hmm. we really are, our high, our higher self and live this human existence. Mm -hmm. I do, I do believe that is a big part of why we chose to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, to experience it has to, that. I mean, it has to be, I would, I would think so. Yeah. So you were born and raised in Mormonism. Yeah. In Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and let, so I have five siblings and my mom comes from an incredibly devout Mormon yeah. lineage family. And then my dad um, was also raised Mormon, went on a mission. And then my mom and dad were married at 18. And then my mom was pregnant at 19. Oh, wow. So super yeah. young. And I was the second, I'm the second oldest of six kids. And yeah, we were raised, like we had the articles of faith memorized, like by the time we could like talk, like mm -hmm. we could not watch PG movies they could only be G. Oh, wow. Like, we grew up without any – we never had cable growing up. Like, we, I never grew up with MTV. We um, did not shop on Sundays. Like, we were really – Devout. Devout. But I will say, it. like, my mom and dad were so, like, just filled our home up with love. Yeah. And, f I mean, it was just, like, a very family-focused, like – it wasn't, I don't know, like I have beautiful, beautiful mm. memories of my childhood. And that's awesome. And um, you know, we were very involved in the community and in our in our wards and mm -hmm. um great friends and yeah, like I it's so funny because I do have place. um I do have like a lot of incredible memories growing up in the church. So mm. I know a lot of people tend to have some resentments or situations that happen, but I can truly say that like my experience within the church has been wonderful, mm, you know? That. And so um, down the road, like, gosh, probably when I was like in, I was probably 13, my dad actually started doing like some, and this was like before the internet. So he was like, checking out books and reading books and doing all this research on the history of the church. Mm. And he um, ended up leaving the church. because he, he did? Yeah. I had no idea. Yes. I didn't know he, that. He kind of did his own like homework on it and really studied it and really came to like found out, found out a lot of the truths that now we can just easily like Google. Um, and he was like, I can't live a lie anymore. Wow. And it was really, really hard for my family and my mom. It was just devastating. Oh, I can imagine. But yeah, he took his garments off and he stopped going to church and he he did not make a big thing over it. Like he did not sit us all down and try to convince us of anything. He he just 
truly sat back and allowed himself to just live his truth and 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 my mom raised us in the church so she stayed yeah and with all of you how was that growing up it was really um at first it was really difficult and confusing and um gosh i hate even saying this out loud but i think that just to give you a sense for how deeply embedded and ingrained the church was in my brain then i could not fathom that that he, that he could just leave the church. And in my mind, I like, I was like, he must have done something so awful. He must have cheated on my mom and he just doesn't want to confess. And he feels so guilty. And and like, these are the stories I'm making up in my head yeah, because I cannot, didn't understand. I did not understand. And I was just like, no, he, like, that's where my mind, like, so I was really, really heartbroken about it. And especially when I got married, because I ended up getting married in the temple and he couldn't be there. And um, you know, I just remember being like, I, I just want you to be there. And he's like, I'll be there when you get out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm very fortunate because, um, my dad ended up passing away of colon cancer, but before he did, I was able to apologize to him for how, mm. how I judged him. And, and I had also started my own journey of kind of like leaving the church. And he was kind of like a really great anchor for me. And I think because of his example that he, like, he had left the church and you think in your mind that they're, that like, oh, now he's going to, he's going to do, be drinking and Mm -hmm. he's going to go down this dark path. Like, that's what you're told is that Mm -hmm. like, you're going to go, like, that's just this dark, evil path. Right. And my dad was, had more integrity, had more like love Mm -hmm. and just kindness. And so his example is what really helped me understand that really good people like are not members of the church. And I think what my dad did was he broke the cycle. Mm -hmm. And so he allowed, he, he, he created space for, you know, now out of six kids, only one is still a member. Hmm. Is your mom still? Yeah. My mom's, my mom is incredible. She's, she is like, yeah. I mean, we can talk about her later, but I adore my mom and she's incredibly faithful. And so, yeah, I just, I think that between my dad kind of leaving in a very, Mm -hmm. like, just honoring his own truth and not trying to convince anyone of anything, um, and just seeing how my mom and dad continued their marriage, you know, having completely different faiths and how devoted they were to each other, it it really created um, a lot more balance in my life Mm -hmm. that I didn't realize at the time. And now as I'm older and I can look back, I'm like, gosh, I'm so grateful. Right. So grateful that not only my dad honored his truth, but that he didn't try to push it on anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, like he really did kind of, I think, honor and respect my mom enough to say like, you can, whatever the kids want to do is fine. I won't try to convince them of anything. I'm just going to let them, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that really paid off. Um, I know for me personally, yeah, down the road as I kind of went through my own transition. Wow, what a beautiful example! And oh yeah, especially that was how many years ago? Just like yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't have to divulge how old you are. Numbers Michelle, are but hard I was, for me. No, I, I'm 41. I, I'm fine with that. But yeah, it was like 12 or 13. Yeah, so I mean, almost 20 years ago yeah. for him to leave, and that, especially in such a peaceful, beautiful way. Wow, what an example! Yeah, that's awesome. No, I must have been younger. You feel like you were younger than 13? What grade is 13? Let's see. My mic is in like eight, seventh, eighth. Um, no, I was, it was younger. I was like 10. Okay. So a while 10. ago. Yeah. So it's been. Wow. I know. I didn't know that about your story. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. That is yeah. really, really cool. And to still be able to have, because your parents were, had a great, from what I under saw, yeah. they had a great marriage. Yeah. I they mean, did. they, they really just respected each other and yeah. loved each other. You know, as I, um, when I turned, so my dad left the church. Um, I, I was a very like obedient child. Like mm-hmm. I was very, like, as far as the church goes, like my mom was such an example to me of someone who was so faithful and just mm-hmm. so, and I, I, I will say like, I had a strong relationship with God. I had a, like a strong connection to something higher than me mm-hmm. and, um, so, but when I turned 15, I started 
I was in a relationship with a boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, and um, I got pregnant at 15 years old. And when I, my mom was actually with me when I found out and she was so good to me. She just mm. picked me up off the floor and was like, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. Like everything's going to be fine. And the way that my family and my ward at the time, like really showed up for me mm. is really beautiful. Like yeah. I um, made the decision to place my son for adoption. Mm-hmm. And so at 16, um, yeah, I went through this incredibly difficult, you know, yeah, life altering experience that, you know, when you're Mormon, it's such, you know, that's like you, this sin that you've kind of like lived with is now this external thing that everyone knows about. Right. And, you know, I had the choice to like go fly to California and live in California and do it as a secret and come back. And it was like, no, I I wanted my family and I wanted the support yeah. of my community. And I'll never forget um, Bishop Edwards, Corwin Edwards, he's the best man. He was my bishop and he was so loving to me when I told him. And mm-hmm. he sat down with the young men and young women and brought them all together. And he said, one of our you know, youth is found themselves pregnant and we will support her and love her. Mm-hmm. And like the whole community, like, and granted, I know people were talking crap about me behind my back, but as far as like, <laughs> as far as like the way that I was like, the way that I was like, um, portrayed to my, my ward yeah. was in this very loving and mm. compassionate way that really helped me find the strength to actually follow through with like placing this child for adoption. Yeah. And so even in my darkest times like i have nothing but like love and mm. beauty and gratitude for my upbringing and yeah. for the church you know mm. and it's taken me a while to get there but yeah I, I can look back now and be like wow i was very blessed mm-hmm. no kidding because that's yeah. not i mean everyone has their unique stories and i love that yours was from such a place of love yeah mm. i know that's so cool lucky so what you got married in the temple i know you went through a divorce and Mm -hmm. had some different things transpire in your life but what what did kind of start the catalyst to hey i'm not going to choose into this anymore yeah i think for me like i really i think especially after having um being pregnant and everyone knew that i had committed this sin of having sex before i was married i think i kind of doubled down on trying to prove my worthiness to people Mm. and Um, so like I came back and like went to high school and was just like really trying to be this really good Mormon Mm -hmm. girl, you know, and, um, I really wanted to be my mom. Like my mom is like the perfect example. She is so Christ-like. She is Mm -hmm. so kind. She is so selfless. She is just so obedient. And I wanted to be my mom. And I, I remember kind of having this moment where I was like, you know, I really don't, like, I really don't like wearing my garments and I really don't like, you know, that I can't go shopping on Sunday. And I kind of just like slowly started like letting myself be more of myself yeah. and stopped trying to be like my mom. And along the way, I just kind of was like, first of all, I started working at Salon Zazu and it was my first um, job at a salon out of beauty school. Mm. And a lot of the guys that worked there were gay and I'd never been around like gay men. Mm-hmm. I'd never really been like exposed to the culture to the, to anyone like that. And so I came into the salon and was like very, very like enamored and like fell in love with these gay men. And mm-hmm. I could not like wrap my head around the fact that like my church was created this belief that they, that if you were gay, you are sinful. Mm-hmm. And so I started really having to to reconcile that and it was really difficult. And along the way, um, you know, like I, I was doing movies for, or doing film or makeup for film, hair and makeup for photo shoots and stuff like that. And I remember these late night, you know, working through the night. And so I started drinking coffee. So, so tired. Right. So I like started drinking coffee and then I was like, so wait, I can't drink coffee like, or tea, but I can have Diet Coke. This is very confusing. <laughs> like that that whole like word of wisdom stuff started right. kind of like crumbling before me a little bit. And then um, I think what really, what really happened for me was I, 
I had thought that I was supposed to do all of these things to be happy. And I'll never forget, I was, Brielle was like just a baby and I had gotten married in the temple to like a worthy son of God. And I had my first child and I was 24 years old and I was in my house just like being a housewife. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, is this it? So this is it, huh? Like, so wait, I'm just going to be, so I'm supposed to be like a stay at home mom now and just like raise kids. And this is my life. And it just felt like, it, it felt like such a no for me. Like it felt like there's something bigger out there. I, this can't be it. Yeah. And I was so unhappy. And, mm. and granted I got married very young and my ex-husband and I um, were not compatible, but you know, I, I think that for me, I was really, I just wanted someone who would like love me. Mm-hmm. And that was like, a Mormon because I felt so much shame around the fact that I had had sex before I was married. Yeah. And I kind of struggled with that. So anyway, I started kind of unraveling as far as like the the gay community goes, like loving these men and not being able to like make that work. And then the word of wisdom stuff was really not working. And then Mm -hmm. just have my happiness was not, I was not happy. And, um, and then kind of just surrendering surrendering to the fact that like i like i can't be my mom and i just need to be who i am and that yeah. kind of sent me on this journey that ended in like me getting divorced um and then just not going back to church and that's when i went like kind of um just kind of walked away it wasn't because of anything um that had happened to me no one was disrespectful right. to me it was just very much like i just needed a break you know, so that's when I actually went on The Bachelor, and then I did Bachelor Pad, and then I, and then after Bachelor Pad, um, that is when I had a friend, one of my clients. She, I was doing her hair at the time, and she was like, "Have you ever read, um, what's it called, the CES letter?" Oh, yeah. And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and. I'll never forget it because um, she, she emailed to me and I was on a flight to New York like the next day and I read the whole thing. Oh, and by the time I landed, actually, no, I read it on the way back. By the time I landed from New York to Salt Lake City, I remember being like, I remember being so mad and so like just that cognitive dissonance where you're yeah. just like, wait, hold on here. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. have I, did I just read? And it just kind of broke me open again. And that's what led me down this very, very like deep dive into, is this church true? Like I placed my son for adoption mm. to a family that was Mormon because I believed so strongly um, in this religion. Right. And now I'm finding out that this, there's so many, un, like so many like lies that were fed to me mm-hmm. and, and I made this big decision based on this lie. And so it was really disheartening to say, you know, there was just a lot about it that broke me back open and, and made me really mad mm-hmm. and looking at my past, you know, kind of having to reevaluate the decisions I'd made and the choices I'd made. And I did all these things according to this belief. And now it's just like not even real. Um, and that was like a few years of like, Lots of Jondalyn, mm. lots of like, um, actually, I'll never forget this. I actually, there was this um, blog at the time called X, xmormon.com or something. Yeah. And I had reached out to to him, the creator of that website, the, the owner of that website. And I said, I'm, I'm desperate to find out some answers. Would you please be willing to meet with me? And and then I also met with this seminary instructor or seminary um, leader. He was in charge of the seminary program or something like that um, up in Logan. I forget his name, but I said, I need you to help me with this. And so in the same day, I went to lunch with the seminary guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is what I've read. Can you please, is this true? Like, mm-hmm. are these, like, did Joseph Smith really like, translate the book of mormon with a rock in his hat you know and like 
the book of Abraham, like all of these things that I had discovered. And he just, he didn't really have any, he just said, listen, you have to have faith. You just have to have faith. You just have to have faith. And he had nothing. And I think to be honest, he was a little stumped himself. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny. I was downtown at Macaroni Grill and I, I, I'll never forget it. And he, he got up and his, his wife was there and he, they were very kind, very kind people. But I just remember being like, I think I just rocked his world. <laughs> You're like, oh, and crap. like he walked, <laughs> yeah, and he got up and he left. And then the other guy from Ex Mormon walked in. I met them in the same place at different times. Uh, and I went and sat in a different table with him. And I'm like, I need you to help me understand this. And he's like, here's the deal. And he broke all of it down mm-hmm. for me. And he showed me all the evidence. And he was very loving about it. He wasn't, um, but it was like, I needed to know the truth. And Mm -hmm. I left that day and my whole life was changed. I was like, wow, okay, I've been lied to. And Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the things I thought were true were just whitewashed and not even accurate. And and then I became angry. That's when I went into the angry, resentful, mad phase. Yeah. Yeah. And that was fun for a few years. Was it (laughs) a few years? Oh, yeah. Did you ever watch Murder Amongst the Mormons on Netflix? I did watch that. Yeah. That one. Yeah, I did. I had no idea. So yeah, I've I never either. read the CES letters. I haven't had you a haven't? desire. I haven't had a desire to do okay. it. I know. I, for me, I I know enough. And yeah. it was just like, this isn't, this isn't my church. This yeah. isn't for me. Yeah. You know, and I, so I haven't needed to read it. Yeah. Um, but watching the that the murder amongst the Mormons, mm-hmm. I'm like, goodness sakes, we were I mean, this was when we were alive. Like this isn't that long ago that this happened and yeah. we don't really I don't ever I don't remember this. Did you? When no. you were watching it? Oh the no. bombings and we the, were never told any of that. That was never well, but even the prophet going up on the podium and, and actually yes, talking about no. it. I don't remember. No, any I was that. so young at the time too. Yeah. My mom remembers it. I my mom was like, Oh yeah, I remember all that happening. Yeah. Um the CES letter is a beautiful, beautifully written. It's by Jeremy Runnell. Mm-hmm. And he basically compiled, it's this, it's this like letter to his, to like. Wasn't it for his wife or something? Yes. Yeah, I've and heard just, the story behind it's it. It's basically the best like document you could send to someone that's just like, here's all the evidence. Here's mm-hmm. all, here's everything that you told me. Here's everything that is actually true. And here's the links to everything to support yeah. it. And a lot of it actually came from the the church's website. It's just hidden in the archives. Mm-hmm. It sounds like. Well, the thing is, is religion is something that man has created. There's no question yeah. in my mind. I mean, when you go back to history and you go look at the religions that were created, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, it was always at the whim of some man. Yeah. And again, this is what happened with Joseph Smith that supposedly received this Mm -hmm. inspiration. But, you know, maybe he, while he may have had good intentions, it's still created by a man. And at the end of the day, you know, here's a box that you're supposed to, you know, fit in and conform into. And, and there's different things that have been put into play that it, it is a business. Yeah. It's a business, you know, and it's funny, like it takes a, it takes a while to, well, it took a long time for me to get over even that part of it. Like Mm -hmm. where now I'm just like, here's the thing. Like, so yeah, I went through the anger and then, and now I'm in this place where I'm just like, I truly have there's nothing about it that's even kind of true for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that maybe Joseph Smith was like doing mushrooms or something. Like, oh, hundred percent. I think was. there was like definitely like some psychedelic experience that he yeah. was on that like, yeah, kind of like, I, I really do believe that. But um, I look at my mom and my mom is the best person I know. Mm-hmm. And she has devoted her life to Christ yeah. and to um, the church and, it is such a beautiful way for her, for her to live and for so many people to live. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing about it that I don't want any ill will towards them. Right. Like I hope that it just thrives and is there for the people that need it. But like, there's nothing about it that I, I don't sit and think like, well, what if the church really is true? Like, yeah. I just think it's just like a, it's just you, like an avenue for people that yeah. actually could be really helpful. Just like mm-hmm. Catholicism and, and just like, Buddhism, Buddhism and, you know, yeah. like of course we're all going to have these different um, beliefs, and um, so I think I look at it now and I have such a love for it. Like mm-hmm. it took me a long time to get to where I'm now. Like, oh, I loved my bishop, and I love like I love the primary songs, and yeah. I love that I grew up like 
you know, really having, I like, I love that we had to get up and give talks, mm-hmm. you know, like there's something about that, that really gives you confidence as a yeah. child and having to be part like the young women's president, like all of the things that mm-hmm. you actually, that made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Many of that is many of, of those things come from being in young women's and mm-hmm. being, you know, a beehive and be, you know, all like going to camp and, you know, like having to like getting up and bearing my testimony in front of the church and playing the piano, being the pianist. And, you know, there's so much, like, I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. I'm so grateful for it. I wouldn't go back and change one thing. Right. I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. There's a lot of things I have learned. In fact, sometimes I think, cause my kids are all, they've all chosen out and we went to a baby blessing for my our granddaughter, actually, I can't believe I have a grandbaby, but we went to her baby Crazy. blessing yeah. and all my kids are like, Ugh, we don't want to go to church. And they're so uncomfortable yeah. going in. And it, and it was interesting because there's that part of you that, you know, they get to choose what they want to choose. Right. Yeah. And then there's the part of me that it's like, I'm also forcing them to go to this because this is family and we're going, you know, this yeah. is our, yes. but I, I'm, and I kept having these conversations in the car of, Hey, just relax, take a breath, and just try to observe. Just mm-hmm. notice. Like, go in with some curiosity yeah. of just watching and listening yeah. to the things that are said. And because yeah. on some level, it is fascinating, just interesting, as if you were just doing research to different religions. And totally, you know, and I don't know, my daughter, especially, she was really having, she's, I'm like, what, what is going on? She goes, I feel so uncomfortable. Wow. I don't like being there. Wow. And that, you know, it's an interesting yeah. dynamic. And, and at the end of the day, I do think that it is, I feel like when we do go through this process of healing, we do come to a place where we can sit back in a chapel yeah, and not necessarily really, you know, want to be there every Sunday, but we can sit there and go, huh, okay, yeah. this is interesting. It brings you know? a lot of peace to many people's mm-hmm. lives. And and just be an observer of yeah. what they're choosing and how it's bringing them joy. Totally. You know? It's funny because <clears throat> I look at Brielle. She's 17? She's 16. 16. That's right. Her and Alexa are the same age. Yeah. 16 years old. And, you know, her dad stayed in the church Mm -hmm. and I had left the church. So she kind of grew up with these very different um, upbringings, these different homes, these different energy, different. And, you know, she, she was, you know, maybe four five when I was really in my anger phase Mm. and um she she basically never really wanted anything to do with the church Mm -hmm. and she tried and she'd go with her dad but she just never really felt comfortable with it and she really struggled because she knew that her dad well she believed that her dad would be mad if she yeah told him that she didn't believe in the church Mm -hmm. and um you know, so I, I think back, you know, like, did I have any influence with that? You know, mm-hmm. like, did I influence her mm-hmm. because I was happened to be going through this, like, part of my life when she was young? Which, did she absorb any of that? And did she – anyway, but it's funny as as I kind of look as now that she's, like, 16 years old and I look at, um you know, and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, gosh, life is so different. And when I look back at my life, when I was her age, like, I had a community of support mm-hmm. through the church that Brielle doesn't, she kind of has through her dad, but she's, it's not really there, you yeah. know? And sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I, I wish that I would have just kind of taken the role that my dad took and just kind of pushed through and mm-hmm. continued taking her just to create um, like the safety net of community for her. Mm-hmm. Because as I've gotten older, and with everything going on in the world right now, like I think that is the thing that I, I wish Brielle had more of. Yeah, is community and um, around a, a higher power, around something mm-hmm. bigger than what's going on here, and a connection with a higher source. And I know that Brielle feels that, but she doesn't know what it is, and she doesn't really have a solid footing on like, mm-hmm. um, you know, what that means for her. And I sometimes feel bad. Like I sometimes wonder if I did it wrong. Yeah. Well, I think that's what we do as parents all the time, right? Yeah. (laughs) We're always going, crap, did I screw up this kid? And how, you know? And yet, to what you were saying earlier, constantly unwinding pieces that 
that you have ingrained in you because you were brought up in the more in the Mormon yeah. religion. And that's something that our children don't have. And in that I think is great beauty because without question yeah, in true. some of the hymns and some of the conditioning and some of the programming, mm-hmm. you know, the shame that you're talking about, the guilt, the mm-hmm. whatever these pieces yeah. are, I think it's beautiful that she's questioning what that looks like for her. Yeah. And I noticed with me just recently, I've been asking my kids, you know, do you believe in God? Because I do want to make sure that even though we're not religious, we still are spiritual and they get to determine, you know, is there a God? What does that mm-hmm. look like for me? Do I have a relationship with that? And and try to have open conversations around that. I mean, you know, my home's very energetic and we were always mm-hmm. into the woo-woo stuff, but we don't talk about God a whole lot. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I've been trying to do a little bit more lately because it's it's similar yeah. it's it is this interesting paradox and i think in a lot of ways actually our kids will have more gifts that they get to cultivate at a younger age yeah i do believe that mm-hmm. like, like intuition brielle has really like amazing spiritual gifts yeah oh yeah i know she does yeah yeah it's a trip so i think i think where i've where i've kind of landed is like, like everything is real and nothing is real. Like mm-hmm. it's like this life is whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like leaving an organized religion and like going through like my own journey with spirituality and going down all these different paths and just realizing like nothing's right and nothing's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it's really just a choice. It's like, experience. what do you want to experience yeah. here? And as we're kind of like embarking on this new, like kind of like uncharted territories in the social media world and online and just this lack of sense-making and this inability to like actually um, know what is true and what is real, I find myself longing for organized religion again. Mm -hmm. I find myself wishing I still believed in the church. Yeah. Like, because it was very easy. Mm. I mean, it wasn't, but it was like, this is what you do and this is how you live. And and this is what is right. And this is what's wrong. And this is what's true. And this is what isn't. And there's something about that that is really like helpful to the mind, right? Our minds like to have that kind of like clarity and yeah. You know, and so I've found that in the last few years, like even just my whole view of the world has shifted so drastically and, you know, just politically and with, Mm -hmm. and with spirituality and with going through my own shadow work and seeing how like broken we all are and how everyone's just projecting their own stuff and how it's just madness. And it's like, gosh, wouldn't it be easy to just go back to like family home evening on Monday nights and reading our scriptures together as the family? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is something about that that I think can be cultivated in, in your own way, but there really, there's not, there's nothing that I have found that has replaced that the comfort of um the church for me mm-hmm. in my life. It has, it created a really beautiful sense of comfort and security in my life that I'm very grateful for. And I see the importance of it now and sometimes wish I could go back to. Yeah. I'm, I shared with you before we started, I'm, I'm re-editing a book that I had published and then took off, took down. And then anyway, I'll be republishing it soon, but I was Re, as I'm re- reading through it again, yeah, I'm reading through a journal entry that said similar similar things mm. of, you know, I am kind of missing the simplicity of yeah. having someone. It really it comes down to having someone else tell us what to yes, do. Yes, hundred percent. And there's no question that this path is harder because it stretches us more totally. because it's it's forcing us to go inward and doing. For me, part of my church, quote unquote, church is my daily practices. Mm-hmm. You know of my meditation and having those open open conversations with my kids and doing the different things that that remind them that that God is yeah. within that they can tap into that at any time. Yeah. And I think that um because sometimes it feels really hard it is tempting to go back to something 
like yeah. that, even when we don't believe it's true. And the reality is, is you and I both could never step back. Well, never say never. I have a friend, a new friend that I'll be interviewing the podcast that totally chose out is very, very connected to God and all sorts of things. And God told her to go back in. Wow. So she's back in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's an interesting, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thought. It would be so interesting to get to get back involved in the church with my new perspective, with mm-hmm. my new understanding that like mm-hmm. all of it's real and none of it's real. Like yeah. none of this is real unless you want it to be real. And it's okay. This sounds fun. Let's let this be real for now. Like mm-hmm. I just, it's just so, it is so clear and evident in my mm. life that we are spiritual beings oh, 100%. having this physical experience and that we get to choose and and it's just a choice mm-hmm. and and i re- like really nothing is right and nothing is wrong yeah and it's they're all just experiences and so having that knowing deeply within me you look at the world differently right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you look at everything different differently yeah. and because you you don't you're not trying to defend something you're not trying to you know like profess something it's just like in, everything is interesting isn't yeah. that so interesting yeah. and and so wouldn't it be interesting to go back to the mormon church and like sit in gospel doctrine class and be like whoa this is a cool story yeah like how can i learn from this instead of trying to make it mean something about who i am mm-hmm. right and that's kind of where I've landed yeah. with all of it is there's so much beauty in everything mm-hmm. and you get to choose what you want to attach to and what you don't want to attach to. Yeah. And and so I can see the beauty of the church and I can also see the shadow mm-hmm. and the darkness that come from it. Yeah, But choosing to focus on that was not helpful for me to like what I got stuck in that and I was angry and, I, and the way that I showed up in the world was not healthy and not productive and not in alignment with love mm-hmm. and I can see that so clearly yeah and now I'm kind of able to like release that and love it mm-hmm. and just say wow thank you for for how you showed up in my life yeah and it really, just feels better. Well, it's finding the gifts. I think in mm-hmm. anything, any trauma that we go through, when we're able to find and see the gifts, that's when it. Yeah, that's when the so trauma true. Leaves. That's really what it is. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's finding the gifts in any everything. So, how is your mom with everybody kind of choosing out? You know, I think I think that my mom struggled. I know I'm certain that she struggled, um, but I am also certain that she grew and learned so much from every single one of us kind of going through our own experience. Mm-hmm. And she is so loving and accepting. And, you know, my brother just wrote a, a book about his psychedelic journeys and like, mm-hmm. you know, and the book's called Holy Shit, We're Alive. And my mom's just like, okay, Doug, you got like, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> like, she's just like, you know, um, the most supportive, loving, non-judgmental. I'm telling you, she's the most Christ-like human. Oh, I love that so yeah. much. She's, and she's just, I want to be more like my mom. I tell Mike that all the time. I'm like, I just need to be more like Margie. How can I just be more like Margie? <laughs> she's just, and I look at that and I, I do see how, like my mom is who she is because she gave her life to Christ. She has given her whole heart and her whole life to Jesus Christ through the Mormon church. Yeah. And that avenue for her has worked really beautifully and brought her so much comfort and peace and mm-hmm. and love and um without that I don't she w- it would be so sad yeah you know I, I remember a time when I just wanted to I wanted the church to get blasted like someone was suing the church for like trying to sue trying to sue the church for like tithing they'd paid and all oh, that yeah. I don't know yeah. years ago and I'm like yeah take him down and what like let's take him down and it's Injustice. like yes and now I'm just like no don't my mom will be so sad <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny oh my god which is such a cool place to be but it's taken a, it's taken a lot of interesting journeys to get oh, here oh yeah oh yeah yeah and not easy not easy so is mike religious so Mike grew up um, Catholic, but never really went to church. Yeah. Um, and so he's never really been religious, but he has a he definitely has a connection with the higher power and mm-hmm. is very um, 
open, very open. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So how has your, has your really, I'm assuming your relationship to God has shifted. Yes. Did God die Constantly shifting. Well, I think I threw the baby out with the bathwater for sure uh-huh. when I like kind of got divorced. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I kind of, I started going to a church called K2, mm-hmm. which was beautiful and a great space for me while I was kind of trying to reconcile my anger. And, um, and then that started feeling like, that was just like a non-denominational like you know, you'd go and drink coffee and there'd be like bands that play and just, it was just like fun. Mm. Um, and that was a good transition for me, but that even became very like just a little bit too stuck Mm -hmm. in the old, in like the old Testament. And it's Mm. like, I just was, I just need to stay like, what's going on now? What's going on now? And that's when I kind of started, I really started getting into Abraham Hicks Mm. and just, that just shifted everything for me. Um, and then started doing, you know, got really getting into the spiritual work, like meditation and Eckhart Tolle and Michael Singer and, um, and, and Mike kind of went on that journey with me Mm and which was really beautiful. Like we both just like dove into the Michael Singer stuff and, um, that really opened us up, Mm -hmm. you know, to just consciousness and to this, this like deeper, connection Hmm. um that that changes you and once you you can't ever go back like once you experience it like right you can't go back you're like whoa yeah this is powerful yeah oh i love that i love that yeah so god has shifted god has shifted so um like right now um well when i started kind of bringing god back into my life it happened through talking to my dad again I, i lost my dad to colon cancer and I started just talking to my dad and, mm. and almost just like praying to my dad. And then, um, and then I kind of started realizing that like, you know, through all the studying I had done through all these spiritual um, teachers, like my dad is God and I am God and you are God and ev- God is everywhere and mm-hmm. everything. And whether I'm praying to my dad or to, you know, the sun, it's the same. And, you know, but, and so that really opened me up to like, wow. But, but where I'm at now with God is like, I really find myself missing the relationship I had with my heavenly father. Right. Mm. Like I do, there is something that happens within me when I'm sad or I need help and I, and I'll, pray and I'm praying to my heavenly father. Mm. And in my mind, he is like the, this like white Jesus right. person that's got the beard and where's the white and it, you know, but for whatever reason, I really pushed that away for so long. And I'm like, God's a woman. I know it. God is a woman, <laughs> you know? And, and I rejected that he, that it was a he. And for whatever reason, like the connection that was established for me with God was was a, a man. And so yeah. I, it's interesting how like, you know, sometimes I'll fall back to that and, um, and that's kind of the vision in my head. But, you know, I started reading A Course in Miracles a few years ago mm-hmm. and that really changed a lot for me. Yeah. It's a beautiful book. And it, it really does something. It's the most spiritual book I've ever read in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it was the closest thing to like, reading the book of mormon or the bible that i've experienced but but that like really gives you like it really does shift you know everything inside of you and that um opened me up to like yeah a different relationship with god Mm. that is really beautiful and um yeah when my daughter my daughter was in a, a longboarding accident like a year and a half ago and was in a coma for 10 days and Mm -hmm. you know she that was that really shook me yeah and um yeah that really took me to some really interesting conversations with god mm-hmm. and my dad and kind of just like with this also with this understanding um that none of this is real this is all an illusion 
Mm-hmm. So it was very confusing because it was like, okay, I want my Brielle, I need be here. Please do life with me for a little bit longer. Like, right. I understand that this is just like this thing that we're doing, but like, please, you know, choose in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that quote from a, a Course in Miracles kept running through my brain. Um, nothing real can be threatened and and nothing unreal exists mm-hmm. herein lies the hand of god mm-hmm. and i would repeat that over and over nothing real can be threatened nothing unreal exists okay i know that what's real is that brielle and i are connected spiritually on a like this that's real mm-hmm. we're always going to be together we're always going to be connected you know, and nothing unreal even exists. It's just an illusion. And I'm like, none of this is real. This is all yeah. like, and I, that really grounded me and that really connected me back to um, the truth. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember, I remember thinking whatever Brielle chooses to do, because I do believe Brielle chose to come back to this physical plane. Um, It was like, whatever she chooses I have to honor because this isn't, this isn't what's real anyway. So mm. if she, if this is part of her path and right. what she's choosing, then I have to honor that. But I have to remember this is not even real. Yeah. And it was very helpful, mm. you know, in my darkest moments. Mm, that's beautiful. I mean, yeah. it, it is hard sometimes to really fathom, you know, we know that there's no beginning, no end. At least that's my belief. And yeah. that I think it's challenging sometimes to have that perspective of no beginning, no end, and yeah. that this is just a little blip in our existence. And that it is, you know, when you talk about illusion, I think a lot of people, when you start kind of dabbling in to this kind of idea, mm-hmm. it it freaks the brain out yeah. a little bit because this table feels yeah. real. Yeah. Talking to yes. you right now feels real. And that's part of the that's part of the point of the emotional body and the different experiences that we get to have through all the bodies, the mental, emotional, physical, soul body. Mm-hmm. And and like you've so beautifully shared many times, it is there is no right or wrong because it's all just choice yeah. and it's all just experience for our expansion. Totally. And I think that that actually gives us quite everything that I'm learning and everything that I'm growing is that we are powerful, magnetic, magnificent beings and that we do have the power of choice and we can heal and that we can do all these things that Jesus did and Mm -hmm. then some. And when we start really embodying and becoming more and more aware of our Christ itself that is within, then life does get to be more of this this event that we get to enjoy and play out yeah. and create totally. and it you know it doesn't mean that we're not going to have things that are challenging but the you know it's that pain is pain is inevitable suffering is optional kind of yeah mentality totally. that quote and i can imagine going through that with with Brielle was a pretty pivotal moment in both of your yeah. lives yeah, and, I know. and it, it changed everything for me. Like I came yeah. out of that a different person. I get my bet. And and so did she. And like, it was so weird. Like the things that I used to be interested in just were, I was not interested in anymore. Like mm-hmm. um, it, it shifted. Something really potent came into me and shifted me internally. And it's been really cool. Yeah. And that's been how long now? It's not been that like a long. a year and a half. Yeah. Not actually, like not even a year and a half, like a I year and a few it's months. It's not been that long ago. My goodness. No, yeah, a year and a half. March of twenty twenty. Hmm. I know, and she's doing awesome, and she's just so blessed and so like lucky. First of all, things could have been really bad, but yeah, she's she's really doing great. Mm, that's so good. I I'm know. So happy. I know. What a trip, huh? Right. That was that was really scary that was very scary i know you had a lot to do with that spiritual process that i had a friend who did some really beautiful work for brielle while she was in a coma yeah and that was very helpful so thank you yeah you're welcome you guys all there's lots of people who did a lot of beautiful spiritual work for her see you have community without religion 
Yeah, I know. I do. You're right. I do. Mm-hmm. I know. Can't we just like maybe like sing hymns though? And like the hymns when you start listening to the words. I know, the but hymns, they're so pretty. Well, let's make up our own hymns that are more. I don't know. There's a lot of. <laughs> it's so true. Like some we're of the gonna, some of the old primary songs. Little. You know, some of the old primary songs are just like, wait, hold on here. You're like, like what are we programming our kids? Yeah, with? exactly. Especially like the intuition one is a big one, right? And this yeah. is I'm developing a free course on this, so this is why it's in the forefront of my mind. But you know, when we we're at the height of our intuition when we choose to step out of Mormonism, right? Because yes. you are listening so so yes. intently, and you get mm-hmm. this answer. And it's so powerful to the point to where you choose out and you make, I mean, you're ripping your foundation out mm-hmm. when you choose to step out of your religion, yeah. nine times out of 10. And and then we think we have this subconscious programming that our intuition is tied to the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And now I'm stepping on this religion that doesn't like, wait, yes. holy shit. Like, I don't even know what is my intuition. Do I even believe in it? Do I even, I don't have the Holy, it is this so interesting Um, freak out that our brain does yes and um i will say that's the biggest thing that i really tried to implement into brielle was like um i never learned how to trust my intuition i never knew i had my own intuition i never we always thought it was something outside of us yeah and And only if we're worthy yes and that is something that i think is so important to Mm -hmm. instill in these young kids like i agree listen to those feel listen to that gut feeling like Mm -hmm. That means something. That's your higher being. That's a higher mm-hmm. power. It's communicating with you. And, yeah, you know. Or even, I mean, all these, since we're talking about kids, all these kids are so empathic. They're so yes. empathic. Like, what is up with that? They're just, I I believe very Tell strongly me. that these kids that are coming in have a lot more gifts and actually have more of the veils, quote unquote, veils removed. Yeah. So that they do have, because we all have these abilities. We all yeah. have the ability to see and hear and feel, because I'm a big feeler. And these kids are coming in with these gifts, but they don't understand it because the to- their parents don't have yeah. the tools. And so we get we get to then teach them more and more. Like my daughter, Alexa, especially, she's, well, all of my kids are very empathic, but Alexa a little bit more so. A lot of, t- she's had to learn that, okay, I have a headache, right? My stomach hurts. Is this mine? Yeah. And that just, that alone, like yeah. the power of questions yes. is amazing at any Changes time. Everything. Yeah. You know, is this mine? Okay, it's not mine. You know, and just listening and trusting that first answer that comes when you ask that question, that's your answer. Mm -hmm. That's your answer. That's so true. And then trusting it. And if you can teach your kids that, I mean, we can't just be helicopter parenting our children Mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives. Like at some point, they've got to learn how to listen to their own Mm -hmm. intuition. And the sooner you get them to do that, the better. Yeah. Empower our kiddos. Gosh, parenting is just hard right now, no matter what. I don't, yeah. I mean, good grief. <laughs> oh, it's a lot. Well, <sighs> is there anything that you, you would love to leave with our listeners of, you know, mm. if they're in that place of struggling at any level? Well, I think that a lot of people are experiencing cognitive dissonance right now in some form or another mm-hmm. where their beliefs are being challenged mm-hmm. whether it's politically whether it's um you know socially whether it's with religion and people can really suffer mm-hmm. with cognitive dis- dissonance um where you believe something and then you get this new information that contradicts what you believe and it leaves you in this very uncomfortable, uncertain and kind of defensive mm-hmm. um, space that you have to work through. You have to work through it. And so I would encourage anyone who's kind of living, like I had, I kind of just currently went through it again with like um, my political beliefs you know, like I always kind of considered myself to be more left-leaning. Mm-hmm. I'm a registered um, Democrat. Mm-hmm. And a lot has happened in the last few years where I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Maybe this isn't, and I went through a lot of cognitive dissonance with it. Where I'm like, wait, no, like this can't be like, you know, I had new information given to me and that I read and that I was you know, really put thoughtfulness into that 
contradicted the belief that I had already established. And you have to make room for that. And you have to lean into that. And, and you have to allow yourself to be wrong Mm -hmm. or to just not even be wrong, just to evolve, just be open, let yourself, like, I hope that I don't have the same beliefs in 10 years that I do now. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm looking back and laughing at myself in five years and being like, I cannot believe you believed that. You know, that's the goal is you want to continue to evolve Mm -hmm. and grow and expand. And when you're stuck in a way of believing or thinking, um, and you're, you're not, it's not settling well. Like that's what I experienced when I fell in love with these gay guys at the salon. I was like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Like you're supposed to be wrong and your life is, and these men were like so loving and committed Mm -hmm. in these committed relationships and that were more beautiful than any relationship I'd ever seen. And it was like that created cognitive dissonance. I struggled with that. And that's what eventually led me to have to say, you know what, this religion isn't working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I have to let myself move through that so that I can f- be free of that uncomfortable, mm-hmm. sticky, yucky space that people live their whole lives in yeah. because they just can't let themselves evolve. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my biggest takeaway to anyone, I think would just say, we're all, I think, experiencing that in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And it means something. And it's it's challenging your beliefs, and it's and it should, and we should be challenging. We should be questioning everything right now. Yeah. And let yourself go there and mm-hmm. see what happens. There's such beauty in that. Yes. There's such beauty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, that would be my my takeaway. I don't yeah. know. No, that's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And you just recently started up a new venture. Right? I know. My, so so fun. <laughs> it's so funny. My boyfriend's a golfer, so my friend and I started golfing, and turns out a lot of women want to golf. Yeah. (laughs) And it's been so funny because golf is such an intimidating sport, and it's like there's so much masculinity around it, and there's so much um, intimidation around it for women. Mm -hmm. But when you actually break through that and you learn... And, and you learn how to swing and hit the ball, it's kind of a form of meditation. Yeah. And it's this beautiful um, like exercise that gets you out into the world and kind of back into your body mm-hmm. and um, and like having to constantly be pushing towards like a better swing and a better follow through and to like, there's something that is really good for the brain yeah. that happens. And there's a reason why like 6 million women started golfing last year Mm -hmm. six million new women golfers in 2020 wow women want to get out i think women want to get off their phones and out of the tv Mm -hmm. and connect with the with women and they want to do something active and they want to be outside and i think golf is a beautiful Mm -hmm. game that you can learn to play and play with your loved ones and play till you're very old and it's it's just a great um game to learn. So long story short, my friend Jen and I started a company called For All, and we're trying to get um, more women to to come learn the game without the intimidation. So, Oh, that's so awesome. What's the website? Um, www.forall.com, F-O-R-E. Oh, I love it. For all that. I know when I say you guys are starting it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Oh my is gosh, so you cool. got to come golf with us. I don't, I do. I, I've shared with you, I'm not a big golfer, but my mom is, my family is, my husband is, and so I'll go every once in a while. And there is something about being out and spending time in the cart. And some of the courses that I've been to, they're stunning. Yeah. They're absolutely You can't beautiful. believe it. You're like, what? Yeah. And they're, it, it, and in that, it's a beautiful experience. And, um, like I'm going down to go to Sedona with my mom to go golfing because yes. she loves golfing. And um, so we're going to go and do that. So good. I don't know. I For me, it's the patience part. About nine holes. I'm like, all right, how many more do we Oh, have? no, I don't ever play more than nine. Oh, it's always 18 with oh, when I go. Oh, never. <laughs> I've only played 18 like a few times and I'm like, I just don't, I don't enjoy that. Like nine is perfect. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I'll go play nine holes with you. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Because then we can talk more. I know. It's such a great way to like connect with your friends and get out and do something active, but you can still talk and socialize and you add a drink to the mix and it's a good time. I know, right? It's a real good time. You're like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Well, thank you. Thank, thank you so much you. for Thank you for everything and you do. Everything. And thank you for the beauty you add oh, to you. my life. And thank you for all of your spiritual guidance and for everything that you put out in the world. It's so beautiful. Oh, I just I'm love so you. I'm so lucky to have you, you as a friend and soulmate. And just thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're good to the core. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing your story. I yeah, know that it's not always easy to do. And No, it was good for me. Oh, Very healing. Beautiful. Love you. Love you. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today and really for holding space. Every time I have a guest that comes and sits down across from me, there's such a sacredness in them sharing their story and from such a heart-centered, vulnerable place. If you are feeling called to share your story, please reach out. You can DM me or email me. You can find my contact information on my website at amandajoyloveland.com. And again, make sure that you are subscribed to my email list and head over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a five-star review. And I will be continuing to read reviews on, on each episode. As always, you are not alone in your journey. We are here to support each other. And you've got this. Sending you all so much love.